we go. Welcome into Gwen and Chris, everybody. Good to be back in San Diego at the Odyssey Palace Studios. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby together today. Tony Gwynn Jr. broadcasting Padres baseball, of course, spring training action. The Padres are, I think they're about as far away from Peoria as they can get. Taking on the Oakland Athletics today, so I don't know that we'll hear from Tony today. Well, I know why, Chris. It's because the A's can't afford anything closer to Phoenix proper. <laughs> I'm surprised they even have a spring training facility, <laughs> right? It's the not Oakland just some Athletics. little league field somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it might be. It might just be. Got those covered dugouts, you know. <laughs> and the uh, the A's pull up in a bunch of station wagons. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. Uh, pile out of the car and yes. uh, get ready to play the game. And uh, they put on the uh, the the pieces of paper uniform. That the yes. A's are happy now because they can spend less money on the. Uniforms? Well, the A's, the A, now the rest of baseball looks like the A's. Oh, oh right? that's a good point. Just that's lousy point. uniforms yes. and all. And the nice thing about it is all the parents of the Oakland A's players bring orange slices to the game and uh, take <laughs> care of the kids. No, uh, Padres and A's today, and it is a five-three uh, lead for the Friars. In the top of the eighth inning, you can't stop the Padres. You can only hope to contain them. Uh, Kyle Higashioka with a couple of hits and an RBI today. Graham Pauly with two hits and two RBIs today. And uh, Luis Camposano drove in a run as well. Uh, Pedro Avila started today. Much better outing than his first. Today he goes three innings, allows two hits and one run. That came on a solo home run. Uh, so, yeah, good, all good for the Padres today. We'll keep you up to date on that as they lead 5-3 in the uh, top of the eighth inning. Uh, we are uh, hanging out with you for the next four hours. And if you are a baseball fan, you have picked the right show to uh, listen to today. We are going to be previewing. It's kind of our spring preview. We're, we're going to do, I wouldn't say we're going to do a deep dive. But we're going to get you reacquainted hmm. with the National League. Hmm. And uh, then a little later in the program, we'll get you reacquainted with the American League. But uh, some of the movement, uh, new players, new faces and new places, that kind of thing, Scrape. Yes. And we'll kind of recall uh, what happened last season. It's in a the good big fantasy leagues. baseball tune-up. little fantasy baseball tune-up. I think you're kind of right. Yeah, so that's coming up on the show throughout the day. Uh, we'll have a 30-mile zone today. And apparently there are a lot of uh, sports figures out there that uh, have kids out there. And they don't necessarily want these kids. I, I don't understand these these it's, athletes. It's, they live in a different world than we do. It's not even an, one of them isn't even an athlete. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he probably thinks he is. He probably thinks he is. But like, yeah. it, it's 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 crazy. We need Maury Povich on the show today to help with all these paternity tests. Yes, Mar Maury Povich. You're going to you're dropping the Maury Povich card. I mean, that's what I don't he, know that everybody remembers. He was like the first of the shock. Daytime talk show host, Him wasn't and, he? Uh, well, Jerry Springer and Jerry always. Springer. Well, Jerry Springer was the uh, was the uh, the trashy talk show. Yeah, host. he was the tip of the. He was the thing that everybody else aspired to. <laughs> yeah. You know that Jerry Springer was once the mayor of Cincinnati. Yes, I did know. Oh, that. you knew that because you're a Cincinnati yeah. and, guy. And by the way, Chris, when I was growing up, Jerry Springer's height was in my like maybe anywhere from nine to fifteen. Yeah, and I wasn't allowed to watch it, obviously, because it was crazy. But it's, you shouldn't have been allowed to watch it just because it was so awful and it was going to rot your brain. Well, no, it was that's like why the you cool shouldn't thing. have been able to watch it. So 
So I remember going over to a friend's house one day, and he, his dad uh-oh. had taped Jerry Springer. Oh, you were we, doing uh-oh. And so we started watching that. And Sneaking around on your parents. Some of the greatest memories were watching people fight on Jerry Springer, gotta yeah. say. It was, it, was a, it was a car wreck you could not turn your head away from, the Jerry Springer <laughs> show. So, uh, yeah, we'll have a good 30 mile zone coming up for you later in the 3 o'clock hour. Regular features, the Daily Gambit, Chris versus the fans today. And a big five. It's all between now and six o'clock. I'm feeling uh, very good. I'm re- I'm refreshed today, Scraby, and uh, feeling good after traveling last night. And I think the reason I'm feeling, you know, a little extra, you know, a little more kick, a little, little extra sprite today. Why is that? Well, we had a charter flight home oh, after the game in New me. Mexico last night. Yeah, we got back to San Diego last night and I was able to sleep, you know, in my own bed that and, nice. uh, you know, uh, get ready for the show today instead of, you know, getting up really early. In Albuquerque and flying commercial and getting home around noon and then dragging myself over here, I had a full night's rest. And, you know, it got me thinking, honestly, about Mark Ziegler and his story that he wrote in the San Diego Union Tribune a few weeks ago about the charter flights that the Aztecs men's basketball team do not take. And... It, it really it almost underscores just how how great these kids are mm-hmm. and how great this team is. And Mark Ziegler, I mean, let's here's the here's the story it, it, because I travel with the women's team and the women's team travels almost identical to what the men do. And each year, both the men's and women's teams get a couple of charter flights, charter trips. And so when you charter. All right, the the plane. You can explain what the plane is, Gray, because oh, yes. you had me send you a picture. You did. and a description of the plane that we took last night. It's not a Taylor Swift <laughs> model charter airplane with couches and you know no, saunas. It's just a regular plane. It's just a regular plane, but it's small enough, and you know it seats about thirty people. Yeah, and there's about twenty five people in the traveling party, and we all climb in, and you know we fly. That's it. I mean, there's nothing beyond that in terms of the actual airplane itself. Number one, I have to tell you this on the air, but please uh, click your camera link when you get the chance. Okay. Number two, you did send me a picture and it's a Dornier 328 jet. That's right. So here's Chris's text. I did not expect for this text to come in, but it was a picture of the plane. It says it's a Dornier 328 jet. Hope that means something to you with the blushy smiley emoji. Yeah. And I looked into this jet a ton. And this jet actually is a newer jet, Chris. It was newer, huh? This your specific jet, I don't know about, but the actual plane was designed around 1991. Only costs about ten to eleven million dollars to buy one. So that's not. Is that all that that? Airplane cost eleven million dollars. That's what I was finding. Whoever bought that got a bad deal. It's not that nice. It's not that nice. No, eleven million dollars for eleven million dollars. I want couches and saunas for for a thirty seat airplane. Eleven million dollars is cheap because there are private jets that seat like seven or eight people that cost fifteen million. Yeah, well, I would take one of those. Well, yeah, uh, so we all would take one of those. Yeah, but here's the story: when you charter. And, the, you know, as opposed to flying commercial, the game ends at New Mexico last night for the women. And we'll talk about it a little later in our daily gambit because uh, it was one of our games that we bet on. Um, if you're going charter, the game ends. Everybody, you know, gets showered, changed on the bus. You bus right out to the airport. You go out on the tarmac. You bus right from or you get off the bus. You walk onto the plane. You fly home. 
I mean, it's really convenient. And you get home by, as I said, about 11, 1130 last night. That is convenient. If you go commercial and the game ends in New Mexico, then you go back to your hotel. You have some dinner. You sleep over. You get up at the crack of dawn. And then you bus out to the airport, go through security, go through all of that. You got to get there you know, about two hours early. Chris, don't even get me started on the airport. We already yeah, did I know. This we this already week. did that. So, so everybody understands how inconvenient that is. And then you fly home the next morning, and the kids are tired, and the kids miss some school, and they get in, you know, some classes. They don't get in until 11 in the morning, et cetera. So that's the difference between charter and not charter. The Aztecs. As I said, only charter two games per year. Now, what the men's team does, uh, different from the women's team. So, so two round trips. or Two, two round trips, right. So four legs. Four legs, exactly. That's how many charter flights the uh, men's and women's teams get at San Diego State. The men uh, choose to use all four of their legs to fly home from games. So when they, So they don't charter two a game. But they may charter home from a game. Okay. And I believe they did charter their last uh, road game back home. Anyway, the difference between what the Aztecs do and UNLV, New Mexico, Boise State, Colorado State, Wyoming, those teams charter most, if not all, of their road trips. That's a big advantage. It's a huge advantage. Nevada and Utah State charter half of their games. The only three schools in the Mountain West that mostly fly commercial are San Diego State, Fresno State, San Jose State. And if you're wondering about Air Force, they have an airport right on their campus. That's amazing. And if they need a pilot, they can just go into some classroom yeah. and get one. Yeah. And so hey, wake up. Fly us to our game. Yeah, we need somebody to fly us to the game. So the Air Force is taken care of. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Now, one of the reasons that this happens, Ziegler's story is really, really good. And he private aviation apparently is much more expensive in San Diego, hmm. as in like three times more expensive. What what part of it than in like Boise? Okay, all right. So it would cost San Diego State so much more money, apparently. All right, to charter as opposed to Boise. The main reason is that charter companies are not based here in San Diego. They have to get a plane to fly uh, from somewhere to here. I did notice when I tracked your plane that it went from somewhere else to Albuquerque. So okay. So anyway, <laughs> you're like, who cares? And the other, <laughs> the other, the other issue is this: Title IX, which is a California law, yep, says that if the men charters, the women's team has to get the same treatment. The estimated cost to charter the men's team. For an entire season, according to Mark Ziegler's article, would be five hundred thousand bucks. That means that San Diego State needs a million because they'd have to charter the women's team as well. I got to be honest with you. I'm not. This is not on San Diego State. I'm sure they would love to have the funds to be able to charter a team that went to the national championship basketball game. And by the way, if UNLV, New Mexico, Boise State, and those schools are chartering, you better believe that Kentucky and Kansas and North Carolina and Duke and all of those teams, they're chartering too, right? Oh my gosh, yes. UConn, Florida, right? I mean, everywhere. Iowa, Ohio State. So the Aztecs, to me, are at a, at a slight disadvantage then almost everybody they play because they don't charter and the other teams do. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. 
we have a nice group of listeners. Mm-hmm. Somebody, some booster somewhere, honestly, has got to have a million bucks. A million? Yeah. You I think? Would, I would assume, yes. Of course, it would be a million dollars every year. It's a can little I easier get, to do it once. <laughs> can I get my name on the plane? Is it the Matt Scraby I charter plane? I don't know, but, I mean, let's find a booster somewhere who, you know, loves San Diego State basketball that can, you know, come up with a million bucks so these teams, you know, the men's team especially can charter. We're just talking I think it would be a huge. Too. Yeah, I think it would be. Well, the football teams always charter. I See, mean, that's all what I don't get. Charter. Why? I mean, you can't really. It's it would be hard to fly with an entire football team, but because there's so many. Well, people. they charter a huge plane, of course. But that's so because there's over a hundred people on that I, traveling there part. It is. Yes, it's so expensive. But understand, they only play five road games a year. Uh, yeah, the I men's know. basketball team plays maybe fifteen road games a year. All right. Anyway, I don't know. It, I, it's just a, to me, it's another feather in the cap of Brian Dutcher and Lamont Butler and Jaden Ledee yeah. and Darion Trammell and every one of these kids, because you you know, like I do, Scraby, you know, athletes, college athletes, they're looking for the cushiest landing spot. Yeah. And frankly, the San Diego State basketball team is not that right. I mean, even in leave NIL money out of it. But just on the chartering alone, this is something that Brian Dutcher can't sell to a recruit. No. Whereas every other coach in the Mountain West Conference can. And that's, that's a and good every point. Other, you know, we charter everywhere. You'll be home, in bed, after every game. I'm telling you it's a big deal if you've traveled as much as I have and we have over the years. Totally a big deal. I it get is. it. I so, get it. And, what, and, and being able to say that to a recruit might just put you over the top. You never know. Well, and that's why I give these kids on this Aztec team so much credit. They, they fight a, a bit of an uphill battle. And not only do they win, they dominate, you know, with that uphill battle. So, anyway, I'm throwing it out. San Diego State. Could use one of you boosters out there, you know, throw a million bucks, say I want it to go to charters, and get this basketball team chartering everywhere. Yeah, get them chartering everywhere and then get Can you imagine somebody calls J.D. Wicker today and said, you know, I heard Chris Ello talking about this. Uh, Here's a million bucks. Why don't we charter next year? That would be amazing. I'd be like the hero. You would. I mean, the, it would uh, be the, the Chris Ello charter. <laughs> it would, would, no, whoever paid the million bucks would have to get their name on the charter. I assume that they want to be an anonymous donor. I would assume so. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, uh, we uh, we are. That's why. Anyway, this is why I'm chipper today, and I've got a lot of energy today. Good. Thanks to the charter last night. I'm glad you have so a lot I'm of I'm really energy. pleased by that. Uh, we're underway for a uh, Thursday program. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby today in the uh, Odyssey Palace Studios here in San Diego, California. And when we come back, are you ready for Tim LaCastro in your opening day outfield for the San Diego Padres? I'm going to ask you when we come back. It's looking more and more like the Padres are not going to be making any moves, any changes. They're going to be going with what they have on opening day, especially in Korea. Are you ready for that? We'll kick it around when Gwen and Chris comes back here on 97.3 The Fan. All right, welcome back. 2.22 is the time. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby today. The Gwynn part of the Gwynn and Chris show is broadcasting Padre baseball today. Padres leading the A's 5-3, and uh, they are down to the bottom of the ninth inning all of a sudden, Scraby. Really? I don't know. It was the eighth inning about 
one segment ago. I get what the heck? Yeah, they're going, uh, I think the A's have just one outlet. It's over. It's over? It just ended. My goodness. It just, I mean, the last two innings went by like that. So maybe we will see Tony if he's not stuck in hours worth of traffic. Maybe we will see him. Padres win five to three. Wow. And all of a sudden, the Friars are four and four. Here we go. In spring training play. Here we go. Look out. Look out. Don't don't steal my spring training shine, Chris. Uh, I'm telling you what, the fans out there are starting to get excited now. I, I am think they're too. starting to believe. I am too. Yeah. I'm not sold yet. I'm not 100% sold yet. Before we get to that, I want to thank Scraby. Uh, you know, just for being him in what? general. But especially so because he just put on one of our two television monitors in the studio (laughs) one of the biggest waste of times in the history of sports and it's a yearly event that you can't possibly watch out there please somebody somebody send me a chat or a text and explain if you watch the nfl combine why in god's name you watch this it's more just filler it's more just in the background Background noise? Yeah, I like to look up and see them running, and then I look back down, and I'm like, okay. They're doing the 40. I mean, NFL coaches don't even go to the combine anymore. That's right? true. We did that see John true. Lynch sitting there, Yeah, which is probably the explanation as to why the 49ers are better than everybody. He's out there actually investigating and getting a, little, Gore. getting a little read on some of these players. I bet you the Dolphin GM is home doing laundry or something. That's not how you get rated as the best team in uh, football, according to the players. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dolphins are champions, according to the NFLPA. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you, Scraby, for putting the combine on. I couldn't live without it. And and if you're wondering, we have two television monitors in the studio. Chris is loving this. So I have another choice beyond the combine to watch during our commercial breaks. But my other choice is golf. Yes. I'm the, gonna have cosni- to be- the cognizant classic. What in, wor- what in the world <laughs> tournament are you even watching? Well, I couldn't. I couldn't pronounce it, but it's the Cognizant Classic. It used to be the Honda Classic, which is a big-time tournament. It's the first East Coast tournament of the year because usually they have everything on the West Coast to start the year. They're in Florida They're at PGA National. This is where the Bear Trap is, where they have that crazy finish where no one can make it out alive. It's called the Bear Trap. Nobody can make it out alive? It eats people alive. I mean, you're honestly trying to make golf a whole lot more dramatic than it it ever will be. That's what they call it the Bear Trap because guys go in and they don't come out. I'll honestly, with the with the with a, a choice between golf and the NFL Combine, I would ask that you take a moment to find a rerun of Jerry Springer. No, I'd rather watch that. I would not watch that. All right, the Padres, as I said, they won today, five to three. But here's the reality. Here's the reality. Wait, I got a I got a text from someone about the combine. Oh, really? Our guy Jake Gariani from CBS Eight. Okay, Jake. He texted me just now. I watched like every <laughs> second of the combine. Ha ha ha. Thank you, yeah, Jake. Yeah, you do, Jake. I do too. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. you do. I and I'm doing this whole. We're doing a draft show for the first round of the draft. I need to know who these guys are. You don't need to know. I do. You don't need to watch them run forty yards to know who they are. Well, I gotta see. I gotta see how they look while they're running. I can. I want to see. That. No, you can't. Yes, I can. I want to see which guys make plays and which guys don't make plays. I don't really care how fast they get there. <laughs> 
You either make a play or you don't make a play. And I want guys on my defense that make the play. Okay. That's all I need. All right, back to the Padres. All right, here's the reality of the Padres situation right now. We are basically 15 spring training games away from the Padres going to Korea. That's crazy. That's it. So you've got basically two weeks of spring training games left, and then 31 players, along with Tony Gwynn Jr. and Jesse Agler and everybody else, are going to board a flight, and they're going to go to Korea. And they're going to play two games against the L.A. Dodgers, and those two games will count in the standings. They also play two before that. Right, against, exhibition yeah, games. Exhibition but games. I'm not concerned about those, obviously. Okay. Well, I'm concerned about okay. the right. Padre-Dodger games. As it stands right now, the Padres have nine outfielders on the roster. One is Fernando Tatis Jr. I've heard of him. The other eight... Well, I beg your pardon. They have eight. I said nine. They have eight total. One is Fernando Tatis Jr. I think everybody's pretty good with him. Yeah, yeah, I think he's out okay. there in right field. He's he's decent. He'll be okay. But here are the other seven. Jose Azokar. Are you ready for him? Bryce Johnson. Tim LaCastro. Oh, he just got signed. Jacob Marcy. Which, doing good things? Uh, Oscar or Orlando Mercado? Uh, Oscar. Oscar Mercado. Oh, gosh. Now you have me questioning Now you better check that. Yes. Uh, Jackson Merrill. Cam Mitchell. Yes, Oscar Mercado. And Jerickson Profar. Cal Mitchell. Cal Mitchell. And Jerickson Profar. See, a couple of these guys, I don't even know their first names. (laughs) Those are your seven guys. At least two of those seven as it stands now, are going to be in the starting lineup on opening day against the Dodgers. At least two. Maybe a third if one of these guys is your DH. Mm. That's the reality of where the Padres sit right now. Are you ready? And do you think that's enough to compete and be successful once this season gets underway? I mean, I understand everybody's done a little something this spring. Azokar's got a home run. Mercado's got a couple of home runs. Mitchell hit a home run. But the reality of the situation is Marcy has never been above double-A. Jackson Merrill, although fantastic in every way, according to everything we've read and seen. And heard. He's never really been above double-A. Yeah. Right? Yes, yes. Mercado has been in the big leagues for five seasons. He's already been on three teams. He's hit 269 with 15 home runs in 200 starts. That factors into about 12 home runs for a season. That's not terrible. It's not enough. Tim LaCastro's got speed. He's stolen 45 bases in his career, but he's a 228 hitter. Bryce Johnson's got some speed. He went 9 for 61 for the Giants the last couple of seasons. Oh, that's where he came from. I was I was trying to place him, but there And is. Uh, our guy Cal Mitchell, Rancho yes. Bernardo High, mm-hmm. had was a former top prospect for the Pirates. But in his Pittsburgh appearance, 2022, he hit 226. 
I'm just saying, are you really? Re- I mean, that's the reality to me. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's, but I'm certainly not saying it's great. I'm saying that you're really relying on some unproven guys, really unproven for two of your outfield spots. And we don't know which, you know, these guys, Zokar and Merrill seem most likely to make the team. And the other two will probably come from Johnson, LaCastro, Marcy, Mitchell, and Mercado. I'm just saying, that doesn't, it, it, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence. It just gives me a lot of, you know, question marks. I, I get it. I and get that's it. all. It doesn't mean that the team can't win games. It doesn't mean that you're still pretty looking pretty good with Manny and, you know, Kim and Bogarts and Cronenworth in the infield. But I'm telling you, two of these guys are going to be starting in the outfield, and a third will probably be DH. If I had to guess right now, if tomorrow was the day, the game in Korea, my guess would be that Zokar opens the season in center, Jackson Merrill opens in left, and Profar opens as your designated hitter. That's a good call, I think. I think for now that's a pretty good guess. But you're, and is that going to be enough for the Padres to compete in the National League and especially in the National League West? Okay, so it's a loaded question, but <laughs> it is. Uh, the answer is. Probably, probably. Uh, here's what I've been saying on the Scraby Show. What have you I've been, been saying? saying? I, I'm convinced that the the uh, front office has put this on the superstars' back. They have to have a superstar season this yeah, year. Yeah, they do. Because if they don't perform up to every part of their potential, then they're going to be struggling. And and we got some chats going on right now on YouTube. If you want to watch us, go to YouTube and just search 97.3 uh, The Fan. But. Chris says, forget about the outfield. Who the heck is on the bench? What happens when someone needs a day off or or a pinch hitter? Fair point. Chris is on the edge of jumping into the bear trap. Chris is not coming back. Rest in peace, Chris. They're talking about you. Oh. <laughs> Don't do it, Chris. Get down from the ledge. Also, uh, not what? on the ledge. Not on the ledge. I was on the ledge last week. Okay. Not on the ledge today. I heard about that. Just trying to be, just trying to be you know, honest and transparent about what this team truly has right now. And that is an excellent point. What are they going to do on this? Some of these guys are going to be on your bench. We we did this last year, and and it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun because I can specifically remember, and I hate bringing this guy up every time I use it, him for an example, but it's Taylor Colway. And I'm sorry, Taylor Colway, but you were the guy who was up to bat that one day. With the bases loaded with the in the game loaded, on the line. And, and there was no options on the bench. You were the only guy that could do it. It was either you or Matt Carpenter. That's These are decisions that were being made last year that made us pull our hair out. Yeah. All right. Think about all. Think it all through. We'll kick it around a little bit more as the program goes along. When we come back, we're going to give you a little reminder look at the teams in the National League. What happened in the offseason, a little recollection of what happened last year, what's likely to happen this year. Also, when we return, the biggest name in basketball has made a life-changing decision. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? We will explain when Gwen and Chris returns on 97. Who did you say? His name is Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Cream? Cream, like like milk cream. Yeah. I, I, stick around for 30 miles down. I'll, I'll tell oh, you you'll have something yes. on him later. Yes. All right. That's not who I'm referring to. Okay. We'll let you know who I am referring to when we come back. All right. Welcome back to Gwen and Chris. It is 240. 
Uh, stick around here. We are going to uh, take a little look-see, a little spring training look at the uh, 15 teams in the National League. Uh, some of the off-season moves that were made, some of the new faces, new places, get you, uh, get you re-familiarized with the, uh, the Padres' opponents in the National League here shortly. Uh, before the end of this segment, we're going to give away a chance, to, or we're going to give away a, a four-pick, four-pack, four-pick, <laughs> a four-pack of tickets to Saturday's San Diego Seals lacrosse game. Oh, they're back. They're back, The Seals baby. are back, baby. They're taking on the Toronto, I like this name, the Toronto Rock. Oh, wow. That's not very good for them because doesn't rock mean zero? That's right. Yeah. Final score, Seals 10, Toronto the Rock. rock. <laughs> uh, tickets are on sale now at sealslax.com slash tickets, or you can win a pair before the end of this segment. Uh, I also mentioned that uh, the biggest name in basketball has made a life altering decision today who do you think the biggest name in basketball is scraby you're probably aware Ooh, of this story no, i i'm not actually um who's the biggest name in all of basketball Caitlin right clark now? yeah okay that's there's no question Caitlin i don't know clark. what the story is though she's bigger than lebron james lebron had a big night too last i night. know he did but Caitlin clark's bigger than lebron 33 I... points last night 10 rebounds 12 assists wow there were fans lined up around the arena in Minneapolis. They wanted to get in early so that they could watch her warm up. I mean, she got a huge ovation from the opponent's fans just when she went out on the floor to warm up. And where was this again? This was in Minnesota Don't, last night. Aren't they kind of like rival schools, too? Well, they're Big Ten rivals, but everybody wants to see her. They Iowa is playing... I think Iowa's ranked fifth. They're playing second-ranked Ohio State on Saturday. The tickets are going for, like, thousands of dollars. That's crazy. It's the hardest ticket to get in sports right now to see Ohio State take on Caitlin Clark. Now that's, I think it's Saturday or Sunday. No, that's a little wild. They even, hey, and I'm not just saying that because it's a women's basketball game. I was talking about Super Bowl prices being out of control. So Yeah, it is Sunday, that game. Uh, Clark has broken all of the scoring records except for Pete Maravich's now as she tries to become the all-time leading scorer in the history of college basketball. I just don't think you can compare anymore because, like, ever since I realized that Pete Maravich didn't have the three-point line, he's that much better. Well, Pete Maravich is a special college player. Exactly. And, but Caitlin Clark is in her own right. Yeah, of course. And she has made her decision that she will skip her final year of college eligibility and she will enter the 2024 WNBA draft. All right. And she will be probably going to the Indiana Fever with the number one overall pick. I was going to say, which pick do you think she's going, Chris? Number one. It's, uh, <laughs> they're saying, uh, I don't know, Mel Ky I called Mel Kuyper. Oh, Mel Kuyper is even doing WNBA Mel projections. Mel Kuyper, is, uh, he's my go-to on any draft uh, okay. story. And Adam so. Klug has, uh, has an issue with how you presented the story in this way. He said, no way Caitlin Clark's bigger than LeBron or Steph. I, I think don't know. she is. I think she is. Right now, like... It, I understand why people want to see her play watch ESP, in college. Watch ESPN Sports Center. She's all after over one it. of her games. It's bigger than LeBron. LeBron is the second or third story down the list. Yeah, she's not bigger than LeBron in the grand scheme of the world. 
But right now, yeah, her name is hot. I would, I would think hot, hot. I would agree with you that right now her name's the biggest in the call or in the basketball world. I think so for today and maybe the rest of the the week. And you know what? Tell Adam Klug that when he gets his own <laughs> afternoon show, oh, he can. Oh wow! Then he can come on and wow. say that LeBron is the biggest name in basketball. Wow! <laughs> that was Chris Ello, not Matt Scraby. Adam Klug, be warned. All right. <laughs> Uh, 2.44 is the time. Let's Can I get a little baseball oh, yes. music with yes, this? Yes. I don't know what you have for that. I, I do have something. You usually have something uh, lined yeah, up over there. Should we do uh, opening day organs? little opening day stuff. All right, okay. let's start with the National League West. I think we know the Padres situation. We already went down the, uh, the list of what they've got. And really, the only big change the Padres made was trading Juan Soto. Yeah. And adding Michael King and well, Brito Josh Hader and, and Vasquez. Yeah, Vasquez, yeah. No, it's a... But keep in mind, the Padres only finished two wins behind the Diamondbacks last year. Yep. And the Diamondbacks wound up in the World Series. Uh, As far as the Diamondbacks are concerned, and we had uh, Nick Picaro on yesterday, they made a couple of changes here. Uh, First of all, uh, Eugenio Suarez is going to be their third baseman this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, He he takes the place, I believe, of uh, Evan Longoria. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they also added Eduardo Rodriguez, an excellent left-handed starting pitcher, to their rotation to go along with Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, who both had great years. Brandon Fott, the uh, young fireballing right-hander, will be in the rotation this year. Yeah. And then the uh, back into that bullpen, you've got the San Diego connection, Paul Seawald, formerly of USD, Kevin Ginkle from Lakeside. Uh, Arizona, I think on paper, is a little better better team than they were last year. Probably and they a won. They won eighty four, but the difference for Arizona this year, and keep it in mind as the season goes along, they will be targeted this year. They will in a way that they certainly weren't targeted at all last year. Nobody even thought twice about them. Yeah, much tougher to win when you're targeted. Uh, don't really even know that I need to waste time on the Rockies. <laughs> Have they done anything this off season? Nope. Uh, they added Cal Quantrill. I know, poor guy. The former, but the former Padre will try to pitch in Coors Field. They added Dakota Hudson, another two-bit pitcher. But otherwise, it's the same Rockies team as it was last year. They're counting on a rookie, Hunter Goodman, to uh, do some damage in right field. There are a couple of young players to keep an eye on: Ezekiel Tovar at short, Nolan Jones in left, Brennan Doyle in center. But the what? Rockies are, they won 59 games last year. They'll be hard-pressed to even do that I this mean, year. We've talked about this so many times over the years of this show, and I, I still don't know what their end game is. It doesn't seem like there is an end game. They don't, they, don't, they don't have one, and they don't care to have one. That's the craziest thing. It's like almost crazier about the A's not spending any money. 30,000 people show up to Rockies baseball every night. And they don't seem to, you know, hold the ownership's feet to the fire. I was going to say, as an owner, you don't want to win. You just want to have a mediocre team, a less than mediocre team. All you need to know is the owner's name is Dick. (laughs) Okay, Monfort, Monfort. (laughs) Uh, Dodgers. uh, We don't really need to give you a lot of. Yeah, we've already. You know, yeah, we know what they did. Uh, Spent over a billion now, dollars, blah, blah, blah. Glass now, Yamamoto. Some guy named Otani will be the DH. Oh, did you hear he's married? I got a push notification for Major League Baseball this morning. <laughs> and you and you pushed back and said, what, I wasn't invited? No, I was like, why am I getting this on my phone from the MLB account? Never mind. Yeah. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, another addition to yeah. the Dodgers outfield. Don't forget about that. Um, 
I, I don't know if there's a, a hole on this roster. Uh, the bullpen, again, Phillips, Gratterall, Blake Trinan returns from injury to make it even better. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco, uh, Gavin Lux returns also this year for the Dodgers. And he'll play shortstop. Remember last year he got too. hurt yes. in, the, uh, yes. in spring training. Uh, San Francisco Giants, Bob Melvin takes over as skipper. Um, I, I don't really know the Giants, the, other than signing the Korean guy, Lee, Lee, to play center field, right? Yeah, they brought in a couple. Uh, they brought in Soler. Yeah, and Jorge Soler. Thank you. Yes, D.H. Jorge Soler. Yeah. But I don't know that Soler can hit 40 home runs in that ballpark. Oh, I mean, I other than so other than Barry Bonds, I don't think anybody can hit 40 home runs in that ballpark. Uh, the other addition for the Giants was Jordan Hicks, fireballing oh, yeah, yeah. reliever. Who's going to gonna go into the starting rotation for the Giants? Yeah, that is true. I, uh, I would love that. That's going to be a fun little experiment to see what happens there. I don't think I'm not. I'm not even remotely worried about the Giants this year. They finished three wins behind the Padres last season. Let's go over to the National with the uh, champion Braves. 104 wins. They finished 14 games up on the Phillies last year, and they have added one of your, I believe, former fantasy players who you didn't like, Jared. Kelnick? Oh, Kelnick. Kelnick. Yes. Uh, he had his moments last year. but Yeah, but they're expecting or they're hoping he'll have a breakout playing left field this year in replace of Rosario. He was a very highly touted prospect. Oh, yeah. Way and he, up there. And like I said, he, he did have moments last year, and he could be pretty good. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, he's going to not have a lot of pressure on him in the middle of that stacked lineup. Yeah. Uh, Ozzie Albies is back to play second base, but that's no big deal because according to MLB, he's not <laughs> even one of the top ten players not in the league. Not even mentioned. Uh, Chris Sale. Don't forget that. He was also added to the Braves rotation as if they needed help. But when I hear Chris Sale's name, I think how many games is he going to miss? Before he tears up the locker room and injures himself. It's true, yes. Uh, the Miami Marlins. don't know if everybody remembers this. They won the same number of games as the Diamondbacks last year, and they were actually seated ahead of the Diamondbacks in the playoffs. I didn't remember That's that. how good of a season Miami had. 84-78, and 78, Tim Anderson comes in to play shortstop. I think that was a great signing. And, you know, oh, I didn't know they that got was him official on the cheap. Well, I, you know, I haven't heard anything different. Uh, otherwise, you know, similar cast. Uh, young pitchers, Lazardo, Perez, Braxton Garrett, Trevor Rogers. Of course, they don't have Alcantara. What? He's what? out for the year. He, uh, what? Yeah, what? he had uh, the Tommy John surgery. They won't have oh, Alcantara right. this year. Thank you for this update, Chris, because I would have definitely picked him not knowing what's happening. Well, that wouldn't have been a good move. No. Yeah. So, uh, But the Marlins going to go pretty much with the same look. Josh Bell and uh, Jake Berger were added late last season in the regular season at Jake first Berger and third. Jake Berger had a great end to the year. Berger did okay. Josh Bell also had a great end to the year. Yeah. Uh, New York Metropolitans, um, you know, Senga's already out with injury. He'll yeah. open the season on the disabled list. Luis Severino joins the starting rotation. I think one of the best things for the Mets is they get Edwin Diaz back. He that missed all of last true. season. Yeah. And they added Harrison Bader to play center field, which I think is an excellent pickup. Yeah, we would have taken him on the again. Padres yeah. for sure. Philadelphia Phillies, they're always good. One ninety last year. They've got Aaron Nola back. Resigned him. Zach Wheeler. They don't have Kimbrel to close anymore, but I think they got enough there with Alvarado, the lefty, to close games. Uh, the Phillies add anybody? 
Not really. I can't think of anyone. Similar, similar ball club to what they had a year ago. Yeah. But, I mean, it's stacked. Bryce Harper, Trey Turner. Cassianos. Schwarber. Yeah. My goodness. Uh, Washington Nationals finished last a year ago, but did win more games than the Cardinals. The Nationals have added Joey Gallo. Oh, here we go. Good luck with that. Here we go. Nick Senzel was signed to play third base. He's another one of those highly touted prospects who's never done anything. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we'll keep an eye on the former Padres, C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore. Check on their development. As the season goes along. He he had some really good moments last year. He did. He did. The second half. Uh, NL Central. Chicago Cubs. We know they just re-signed Bellinger short time ago. Um, I, I you know they added uh, the Japanese pitcher Imanaga 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 yeah Imanaga I forgot about him yeah all right so uh, Cubs will be uh, bouncing back with a Mike Bush Michael Bush from the Dodgers too okay they picked him up in a trade well the Cubs last year it's interesting that they didn't really make themselves a lot better because they kind of didn't they uh, they missed the playoffs the by one game yeah because they they had it in the in the bank and then yeah, they ended up they losing faded. a ton of games uh, Suzuki dropped a fly ball and uh, cost them a big game down the stretch That's right, yeah and the Cubs missed it by one game the Reds missed it by two games last year which is even crazier to me I don't think the Reds are going to miss it this year you think they're going to make the playoffs they have so many good young players they can't all. You know, if if just half of their young players get better, they're going to be really tough to beat. I mean, Hunter Green, Abbott, they added Frankie Montes to the rotation, Lodolo. These are great young starting pitchers. They've got excellent. There, oh, you're not even to him yet. I'm not to him yet, but they got yeah, they got De La Cruz, McLean, the uh, infielder from UCLA, and Carnacion Strand, uh, Steer, Friedel, Benson. India's a DH now. Noel Marte is a new third baseman. I love the Reds coming into this season. Young players. You know, you sound like a Cincinnatian. But I'm not. I love the Reds coming into this season. I'm not. I believe is is said in Cincinnati every year. No, this is a year to say it. Uh, Milwaukee, uh, although they won the division last year, not going to be favored to win it this year. Yeah. Craig Council left. Reese Hoskins is their new first baseman, which I think is a nice add. They got uh, youngsters in the outfield, Chirio and Freelich, two really young, exciting players. But um, no more Corbin Burns, no yeah. more Woodruffs hurt. Yeah. So we'll see about the Brew Crew. Yeah, I'm not sure about them this year. Uh, they're they're picked to win under 82 games this year. Really? Be under 500, uh, at least in the odds. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. One uh, nice addition for them is O'Neill Cruz, yes. who missed most of last season. Yeah. Uh, they signed Mitch Keller to a big contract to lead their rotation. Young players again for the Pirates. Rowdy Telez from Milwaukee comes over to play first base. And finally, the Cardinals, who had to be baseball's biggest disappointment last year. Um, yeah, I mean, they signed Brandon Crawford. I'm trying to think. It'll probably be a backup. I'm trying to think. Otherwise, pretty yeah. much the same look. Sonny Gray. Adds to the rotation along with Kyle Gibson and member the overpaid Lance Lynn. Yes. Goes very, to the Cardinals as well. <laughs> very uh, overpaid Lance Lynn. He right. just has an arm. That's why he's being paid. <laughs> he's getting paid handsomely to have that arm. Uh, All right. There's your National League recap. We'll do the American job, League Chris. later. Thank you, sir. Daily Gambit next. Gwen and Chris.